ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to San Francisco, California. This is 94.9 FM with your boy, Cassius and Kenny. This is 2035, and we are on the second floor, baby. We got Cash and K in the building. <laughs> Cash and K. I like that. That's fucking... When we talked about California today, dude, all I could picture is a fucking beautiful beach, buildings, like, fucking way more people. I just picture everyone on a fucking vibe. Yeah. Everyone. It is. It is. It is a vibe. California is a vibe. I think... And that's, I always talk about it because I've, I've been there so many times. I just think it's just that place. A mm-hmm. place where you just want to reside for the rest of your life. Yeah. No snow and no... Like, it's just like, par- it's like a paradise almost. Not like, uh, I'm not talking about like, uh, I'm not talking about like a Hawaii or like a resort. It's more so like everything you want in a city, you know, a lot of people, vibes going, different stuff is happening, Hollywood, um, no snow, right? Mm-hmm. Beach. I don't know. I I mean, I have a biased opinion on it. I've been there so many times, so I I, I like it. Other people will be like, "Fuck that!" I need different seasons. A lot of people say that to me. They'll be like, "Yo, I, I need different seasons." Mm-hmm. For me, I, if it was no snow, twenty four seven sun, I'm good with that. There's a culture to it. I find, even when I was in San Francisco, yeah, it was an element of very tight streets, very laid back people. Yeah. It's amazing how when you're near the water, yeah. you have that hipster-esque vibe that comes with it. Yeah, I think um I think the laid laid vibe is is nice because I've been in the op- we've been in the opposite, you know, yeah. with Edmonton. Yeah. It's such a grinding like everyone's grinding. You yeah. know, it's kind of like a New York vibe. You know, mm-hmm. it's like cold, it's gray everyone's working like there isn't uh there isn't uh um like you said there isn't really a culture you know what i mean edmonton doesn't really have like a like an la culture like when you talk about la Mm -hmm. la has a culture to it right yeah um well we're developing that i'm not saying that we don't have one we do but it's not like a prominent culture you know well i I find it blows my mind how i think it's less to this day but for instance, it's so cliche when people say that when you're fashionable and you go out in Edmonton, you're going to get looked at twice. In terms of people looking at you in your suit and being like, wait a second, wait, what's that guy doing in a suit? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's, yeah. it's so blue collar to the point where you walk in a suit inside of a Tim Hortons, people are going to be like, and let's say it's a weekend and it's 8 yeah. p.m. They're kind of going to be like, why are you in a suit at 8 p.m.? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's different. I, I just feel like now you create your own culture. Mm. You know? You gotta yeah. like I remember so many times, bro, kinda going back before we did another mic check where I was mentioning how I'd wear hats to please people or I'd I'd purchase something to feel like I needed to be more val like to feel validated in society. Yeah, yeah. Now, bro, you know you know, you you get it. You see some of the shit I wear, I'll go fuck. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Now, like even KB, he laughs all the time. He's like, "I don't get it." He's like, "How do you mix this and this and this together?" Yeah, yeah. Because I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Because it makes me happy. It's it's like it makes me fucking understand that I'm gonna be a little bit different. It's funny. I was a so what you are now. I used to be like that. I used to not give a fuck about how I looked, my hair. Um, that matters, but what yeah. you end up wearing. That's the thing. I think you gotta look good still, obviously. Like, yeah. So, take care of yourself. I mean, I was kind of where I didn't give a fuck about anything, in terms of like how I looked. Didn't didn't care about looking good. I just like I used to wear baggy shit, you know. Like, especially as a ball player, you know, ball players know back in the day, just wearing the baggiest clothes, you know, um, Tupac shirt. You yeah, know, yeah. I didn't have uh, I didn't have my beard. I had I had an afro. You wouldn't have recognized me, bro. I looked Damn. completely different. Um, and I thought that was, I thought it was fine. And then uh, once I realized that, like, no girls were texting me. <laughs> and, like, I wasn't going on any quiet. dates. Things were quiet. And I'm like, why, what? Like, I, I know my personality's dope. Why don't I have women flocking on me? Yeah. I just had that. I was like, I'm a ball player. I should, 
I should be able to get any girls. Then I realized, I was like, oh shit, maybe I should get a haircut. Maybe yeah. I should wear a nice tee. You know, I didn't realize it took me a while. And it was actually because uh, the girl that I, that I really, really liked who didn't even look at me twice. Yeah, yeah. And it made me think, like, what? Why? Why don't I? Why don't I? Why can't I get this girl? Yeah. Then I looked inward and I was like, oh, shit, maybe it is me. Maybe yeah. I should go to the gym. Maybe I should clean up. It just it's kind of it's a testament to realizing how much, no matter how many times we say looks don't matter, in a really true egotistical sense, at the end of the day, no, it, we it, all it want to make sure that whoever we're with, whatever we're doing, there's an element of realizing, hey, does, does this person look polished? That At least, at the very least, does it look like they fucking tried? I think that's what it comes down yeah. to, right? It's not an element of, oh, they're just ugly. I don't want to be with them. It's like, hey, they put, they're put they putting in an effort. No, it, right? it, it definitely... I, I turned from a kid to a man very, very quickly after I decided to start caring about how I looked. Oh, when, wow. I, when I didn't, I was... A, I was and, and, and it's a testament from going from high school to university. And if you're still in that realm of I don't give a fuck about how I look or how I dress or how I act. And it, and it's not, like you said, it's not about, it's not about external. It's not about what other people look at you as. It's a matter of being a civilized human being. Oh yeah. You know, wake up in the, wake, waking up in the morning, putting, you know, proper hygiene, putting on deodorant, combing your hair, not wearing baggy clothes. Put in the time. I mean, if baggy clothes is your thing, whatever, but wearing something that's fitted. Yeah. Um, you know, making your bed, maybe yeah. going to the gym three times a week, um, taking care of your health. These are all little nuances that completely, it switched for me one day. I swear to God, it's it literally, something went off in my head. And that's when I realized, that's when I turned from a, from a kid into an actual man, into an alpha. Yeah, damn. I feel like it shows you and others how much extra time you put in for yourself. Yeah. The whole cliche saying of look good, feel good. Yeah. Of course. I roll with that so hard, man. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to go out and I know I didn't put in enough effort, that effort is going to translate into all the other things that are going on in my life. Yeah. Right? And to be honest, bro, like back then, like I didn't care about, I didn't really give a fuck about getting women. My whole thing was like playing ball, oh, wasn't getting to the next. Agenda, hey? Wasn't on like my radar until 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 that girl that I couldn't get, I realized. Yeah. You know, until the girl I couldn't get was like, nah. How long did you like, like her? You for? ain't you ain't shit. Long time. Long time. We were on, we were on and off for a little bit. Bro, I liked a girl for like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like five years, and she didn't like me back. Yeah. <laughs> But you yeah. know what? It was funny because I realized I was so deep in the friend zone. And I just realized I was a brown kid who looked and acted crazy. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, I was so deep all those years. Yeah. Thinking, hoping that maybe one year she'll like me. Like, oh, no, I had I was, so much false hope. Oh, dude, I was the same way. I was 100%. So shout out to all those brown guys <laughs> who are watching this and who are a couple years younger than us. Don't worry, we were there too. <laughs> Bro, even guys our age, even guys older than us. I can't imagine. This must be like an untapped territory. So, okay, brown okay, okay this, this is perfect. This is a perfect topic to talk about. So, in your... Okay, I want you to give some advice to those young Omid Kaderi, Kenny Bullers running around right now <laughs> who it. are so deep in the friend zone that they don't know it. That they don't understand how deep they are. Ooh. Um, and they, they really want this girl. Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> I, want, I want the Kenny Buller to give some advice to that kid right now who just doesn't see anything else. All right, I like that. Yeah. Step one, man the fuck up. Ooh. You know what I mean? Quit waiting. Quit waiting. If you are waiting for her to like you back... Yeah. And you're, you're, you're sort of, you're doing everything you can. You're doing it subtly. First of all, stop doing it subtly. Yeah. Tell, tell the girl you fucking like her. Tell her. Say, listen, I have these feelings for you. And yeah. this is how I feel about you. And this is why I like you. That's it. You don't even have to say what I think everyone's thinking and hoping they want the answer to. Do you like me too? No, 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 no. Just express yourself. Express what you know. Yeah. And then from there, guess what? Her reaction will give you all the answers you need. 
Okay, hold on. I'll give you. I'll, I'll give another piece of advice. So you really want this girl, and she, you know, you're in the friend zone. How do you get her to notice you? Well, stop giving her attention. Mm-hmm. Go find another girl. And takes a savage approach. Yeah, no, go find another girl and and see if you can get their attention and see how this girl that you really like reacts to that. And if they react and if they react and they see you with other women, they're going to be like, oh, why? Why isn't he giving me that attention like he was before? And she's going to feel like she's missing out and she'll either a approach you and try to talk to you again and get you back and realize that she doesn't want you in the friend zone or she might not even flinch and she might just be like good for him and that's that's how you get your answer because if 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 she doesn't give a fuck about you um i would say step one take kenny's advice express your feelings if the feelings aren't reciprocated you go find other women and Make sure you showcase that. And make sure she feel. Make sure she sees that. And if she doesn't do anything or whatnot, then it's your loss, and you move on. But I don't know. Why do we gotta? Why do we gotta add so much? Like, you know that. I'm trying to find the word where there's resentment and there's like this sense of getting back at someone. You know what I mean? Where yeah. like you're only gonna be with another girl to find a reaction out of somebody. <laughs> so what you say, I. I personally, I disagree with. Right. I disagree. Yeah. I disagree with it because the good guy in me goes, what happens when you actually get a reaction out of her than what's one you wanted? Then what about the girl you were currently dating? (laughs) Well, you're not dating. Like, you're not dating. You're giving, you're instead of flaw, like pushing the attention towards this one girl Mm -hmm. and like trying and trying and trying to get this one girl, you. Thanks, brother. No problem, bro. There it is. We'll top up. Thank you. We're just topping up our drinks, but instead of you giving the attention, all the attention on this one girl, and she knows, you know what I mean? She knows. She knows she's hot. She knows that you've been around for years. She knows that whatever she does will go her way. She takes advantage of you. She takes advantage of your feelings. She'll tease yeah. you. Oh yeah. She'll give you that. That's she'll give there. you the. She'll give you the bait to pull you in. She'll make you feel like she likes you, but she'll never say it. Exactly. Oh, it's so yeah. Good. She'll she'll suck you in like a fucking leech. Yeah. And she needs she she's just grabbing you, and all your attention and focus and energy is on this on this person. So and that's why I say, yes, express your feelings. Let them let them be heard. Let them know that you don't want like you don't want to be, be friends that ain't that ain't in the in the cards you yeah. want to you want to express like that you want to date date her but if the feelings aren't reciprocated because you've been in the friend zone for so many years you fucking shut off the attention and you yeah. take that attention elsewhere yes, yes and see how she reacts yes if she reacts in a way that she wants you back then you know okay there might be some feelings there if she doesn't and she's like ah whatever he was just a friend you have your answer. No point in chasing anymore. And you go at it with, with a different girl. And that's harder harder said than done. That's harder said than done. Do you think it's still worth it to be her friend if quite the opposite happens? If she ends up getting a boyfriend? No. Because What happens when she gets a boyfriend? Do you think you should still be friends with her? Uh, it's It's give or take. I mean, if you can handle it, be friends with her. Depends how deep. That was deep. so hard for me. It, yeah, day, oh. you, it's it's hard because so hard. especially if it's like the one or you think. I know every brown guy that is listening to this knows about the one. Right? <laughs> it's usually yeah. the first. It's usually the first or second that you think is the one. She's the one. I'm gonna marry this person. She's it. I can't. Well, she's the one you picture getting married with, yep, and then yep. you immediately start talking about marriage, and then if she's brown too, you start sending all these like Indian lovey-dovey songs and shit. <laughs> but like, I don't know, man. I find if you're like a young little stud and you're 18 yeah. and you're doing that shit, don't do it. Yeah. I don't know, cause I did it, 
And then <laughs> I did it, bro. I remember, yeah, yeah. I, I remember I did all that shit. And then it's like, it's so much false hope. Well, I it's mean, like, you're, you got to understand, you're already thinking that marriage is not going to be for like 10 years or even like eight years. And you're already planning the idea of a marriage to you. And I think to the other person, slow it the fuck down. Get through honeymoon phase first. Yeah. Get yeah. through that first. Well, right? yeah, but send the lovey-dovey songs. Sure. Send it. That's hype. That's fun. Right. That, I think that's the perks of like, at the end of the day, if you're dating someone from the same culture, but don't start imagining what your guys wedding's gonna look like that's yeah, when it gets but here's, here's the problem though at the end of the day guys have to go through that i just feel like you have to go through that like you're never gonna learn like we can sit here and talk about it and give these guys advice but you're never gonna know until you like you're never gonna actually take that advice until you actually go through it so i say at the end of the day yes stop doing it at the end of the day I know you're going to go through it. You're going to get heartbroken. One day you're going to realize that that wasn't the right way to do it. And you're going to take a different approach. You know why I'm laughing? <laughs> I said this to my parents the other day. Bollywood movies ruined us. It destroyed our lives. Yeah. I love Bollywood movies. Don't get me oh, wrong. 100%. We could go on a big tour down Bollywood movies. But get this, for instance, especially our parents' generation. They grew up too, especially us, watching Bollywood movies, which primarily consist of what? 90% romance. The odd one in 10 movies, Don, Don, action. They'll still make <laughs> dun, that. Dun, dun. Yeah, they'll still make an action movie a romance. Yeah. So at the end of the day, 99.9% .9 Bollywood movies are romance related. Yeah. So how does that play with our head? It plays with our head because every single girl that you see in that movie at first hand, you one, feel like you could instantly fall in love with. You two, feel like that's going to be the girl. And you see that every single waking day, even in our parents' generation. Then what happened to our parents? Their parents went, okay, but we're going to find Lurki for you. We're going to find Munda for you, Betty, and you're going to get married. Okay, that's it. And you will fall in love, no problem. No, man, that shit doesn't go down like that. And then you as a kid in, in your generation, as a first-generation Canadian, think that shit can happen like this with a white girl. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Oh, yeah, and the fact is, is like these guys like Shah Khan and the actors, bro, like, they're going head over heels, putting this girl on a pedestal, bro. Going so desperately giving letters and yeah. and like <laughs> going through hell for this girl. And at the end, they get the girl, right? At the end, they get Kajal. It's always a happy ending. It's always a happy ending. Always. So what happens? These these motherfucking, these, these stories in your head, you're just like, well... Shah Khan went through all this hell for this girl. It has to work out at the end. Exactly. Gives you that glimpse of hope. So, That's, yes. It's exactly what it does, bro. And Bollywood's we, like a drug. Yes. It's an evil drug. It is. It makes you believe in love from the moment you're nine years old, crushing on your first little girl that you're going to expect you're going to marry, all the way down to your university years. Okay, I want to ask you this. Do you believe in love? Yes, yes. You do? Of course I do. do if you I didn't believe in love, I wouldn't even be in a relationship. I mean romance. Okay, romance. Mm, yes. Okay. I do. Okay. I do. I believe it's there. However, I feel like the moment you experience romance and you get past that honeymoon phase we talk about and it starts to dissipate, the love is really in that moment onwards. Mm-hmm. It's Facts. not in the moment you meet. It's not in the moment you get to know one another. It's not in, oh, you value this, I value that too. That's all fun and games. That's the, You're building the foundation of a relationship. Yeah. What makes a beautiful home a home is in the architectural design of it from the bottom up, from what you see. Every home, every single, single home, front-facing residential home has a basement. Just like your relationship should. That's what it's based off of. That's why, what is the first question, Omid? Someone asks you if you're in a relationship. What do they ask you usually? What's the typical small talk thing to ask? What do you do? What do you do independently? But let's say they see you and your girlfriend. And they just want to spark up a conversation to get both of you talking and excited that relates to both of you. What do they usually ask? How'd you meet? Yes. How'd you guys meet? What does that bring you back to? The basement. The foundation. It brings you back to the basement.
right? So in order to get to the second floor in relationship... Right, here we go. <laughs> in order to go and, you know, you build whatever's on the main floor and the second floor is you got you to gotta experience that bullshit. It's got to be hard. It has to. It has to. But the best part is, is when you get through that part just like you do when you're running and you're tired but you keep going, that's, that's what you do it for. Because mm. when you come out of it, you realize that a relationship's based off more than just love and romance. There has to be the romance. Without the romance, there wouldn't be a relationship in the first place. Yeah, That's what kind of got it running. That's yeah. what made the momentum build. I like that. Based off one... Do you believe in love? Yeah, I think it's there. Like, what I is think, your I think, idea of a marriage? I think ro- I don't believe in romance. Oh shit, you don't even believe in it. I, I don't believe it in in a sense of like I, I, I think I think romance was, was created. I think romance was created based on our stories, books, videos, movies. It it, it, it Hollywood made like romance. Mm-hmm. Hollywood made it into such a a thing where you you find a girl and you you know, you, you romance her and it's so loving and it's it's very, I don't know, I can't put it into words right now. But, um, you know, I think back in the it day, glorified. especially, yeah, it's glorified. Yep. It's, 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 it's glorified and it's made to, to, to ha- it has this perception of like, wow, you know, I want romance. It's so, it's so attention grabbing. It's, it's what... And again, I, I, I'm losing my words here, but the reason I say that is because in history, if you look at history, romance really wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was a it was a transaction. Yeah, uh, a marriage was literally a partnership. Yeah, it was a partnership. You there walked was no... into a moment of for some societies, uh, an agreement between land and yep. between ownership. Yeah. In its truest, rawest form. Yeah, and like back in the day with polygamy, right? Men had multiple wives, right? And I'm talking about love and romance. 40 years ago, 50 years ago in in, in Afghanistan and and other other countries, it's normal for families to just be like, yep, you and you, you're going to get married. You know, and and that's, that was, my parents, my parents were arranged. Yeah, mine were too. Right? That wasn't, that was the normal. It wasn't like, I got to find love and I got to find my, I got to find the one. We are in that position where we're like, we got to find the one. Yeah. Back then it wasn't like that. It was like, okay, that person's from a good family. That person's from a good family. Okay. These two will, will be compatible. Get these two to arrange. You listen to your parents and away you go. I think, but like to, to say one good thing about arranged marriages to back up that case from what our parents went through was exactly what you just said was they will assess and dissect where the family comes from, what the family does. Yep. What the family, and I'm not saying by any means from an economical standpoint, oh, as long as they have money, it's good. Yes, let's be honest. Mainstream, that is the case. There's yeah. a huge element to that. However, what I really fuck with is, hey, like, what are, what are the parents' values? Because what, what they care about is going to be what they put into their kid. Yeah. Right? I'm a Big believer in that, bro. I think, to be honest, one of the coolest and greatest things that I I will fully say out loud and appreciate that Guggen did was, bro, not even lying to you. I think we were, like, official for, like, a month? Not even? Yeah. Right around that time. And we were seeing each other for a little bit, maybe, like, another month, two on top of that. She introduced me to her parents. Wow. Right, like, fast. Like, any other up and on a brown person who would hear this right now, because I'm sure other gore white people, whoever's not brown, would be like, yeah, that makes sense. But in our culture, just to say, it's not normal. Immediately, she's like, I want you to meet my mom. Mom's in town visiting her sister. I didn't really think twice about it, to be honest. So like, you're dope. Sure, let's meet your mom. Because even I felt like, let's see what your mom's like. Same thing with her dad. She's like, my dad's in town. He's visiting. I'd like for you to meet him. I was like, shit. That, I was more nervous for that. But again, I met them and it gave me all the more respect and validation and credibility and again, all the more reasons why I didn't doubt the type of person who I'm with. Because I saw, I, saw, I saw who 
who raised her? I like picked their yeah. brain, asked them questions, and I was yeah. like, man. But another thing that was, again, enlightening, this was cool, because obviously they talked. Guggen's dad went to Guggen after. He met me one first time. And she just said what any daughter would probably say. She's like, so dad, what'd you think? And he's like, he said something along the lines of this, I'll never forget. He said to her, you know what? Don't mess this up. Keep, keep, keep him. Like, don't do whatever you do. Keep this one. And I was like, shit. Like, one, bro, off meeting the first time. And you know how it is. When you get older, you have wisdom. You have kind of life experience. You read people easily. Yeah. But, man, that was like, that was a really cool eye-opening experience. That's cool, man. Because you know how it is. But I think for any man, it's one thing to gain respect and love and appreciation for your own father. I think for any man who's truly in love, to get that from their significant other's dad yeah it's like a fucking huge win yeah you know yeah i wouldn't know <laughs> you know <laughs> you know uh no i don't no that's cool man that's yeah. that's that's cool i i think i think families is again going back to the arranged marriages i think that i think they did it right in terms of really dissecting the family i think um in our culture it's very very um common for family to be very tight tight-knit and extended family to be tight-knit as well so i think it was great that they i think the system was had good intentions yeah i think now it's more like i said romance is romanticized and and it's made into this thing of like you gotta find the one and and you know don't settle and this and that i think Again, I, 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 that's true, and I, I agree with it, but it wasn't like that, and a lot of people don't. Like, people don't really think about that. It wasn't like that 30, 40 years ago, and that's especially in our me. culture. Yeah, I'm big talking time. about our culture. Big time. If, uh, other people that listen to this, they might not understand it, but that's in our culture. That's how it comes. And I'll was. show you two crazy things about that. Number one, bro, remind me of it. If I ever told you about... And before I get too lost in a story, remind me of the second one. The second one has to do with someone close in my family and what happened to them. Before we get into that, remind me if I ever told you the story where there was uh, two loved ones. I didn't know them. Read it off an article who made a pact. And they said to each other, and stop me if I told you this. They said to each other, listen, our life right now is a little hectic. You're planning on moving to this city to inspire yourself to learn this. I'm trying to figure out my life out. In five years from this date, let's meet and let's see if based off of everything we wanted to chase and everything we've done, we've kind of covered it. We've covered our grounds. We respect that you're trying to build and what you're trying to do and I'm trying to do what I am. Let's meet in five years. Let's see if the chemistry is still there. Because right now we're both going, you're going east, I'm going west. And let's see. They both ripped a piece of a paper that said one half of the promise and the other half of the other promise. One kept the other. Five years later, Omid, they met. And they ended up falling in love again, and they got married. Wow, that's crazy. Nuts. This was in, like, the 80s, where they both respectfully knew, like, man, like, we're just in two different places, but let's make a pact. And they did it. And it was brilliant. Yeah, they dated. Yeah, they saw other people. But guess what? They both still came back. Wow. And it was so cool because it was a crazy the, story. It was in the perspective of the female, and she was talking about how nervous she was. She she saw within five years the date was creeping up within a month, and she was thinking about it. She saw it. She always kept it in her wallet. Wow! And she met him, and That's she cool. said, and this is when she wrote this. Now, like this was the article I read last year. She's like, I would have never regretted it, and I was like, wow. Mm. That to me, in an odd, weird, mystical way, is true love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think um, I think that's 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 very that's very good for for multiple reasons. Number one is sometimes at the at a certain time when you meet somebody, you're not ready to be the person you're you're supposed to be. Maybe you think you are. And I talk about this. I don't talk about this all the time, but I talked about it on my episode when I was talking to Raj. The girl that I really liked, I had this vision in my head, right? Like every brown guy has when they meet that one. Um, and I had this vision in my head of like who I was. 
and who I could be with this person. But I wasn't ready. Reality showed a different story. You know that picture that you see, you know, the cat that looks into the mirror and he, and he sees a lion? There's a, there's a oh, picture, yeah, 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 a motivational yeah. picture of like, it's just like a cartoon I picture. It, but I, I resonate so hard with the Where, meaning behind that. Yeah. The cat is looking into the mirror. It's a cat, but he, he sees in the mirror he's a lion. Yeah. He's a fucking lion. That's how I saw myself. I thought I was the lion. On top of the world. Felt like I thought I was that guy, but I wasn't. Reality was otherwise. I wasn't getting a haircut. I wasn't cleaning up my beard. I looked like ass. I didn't see that. I didn't know that. But in my head, that's what I thought. And I thought that I could be with this person and I could, I could have them. But I, but I didn't. I wasn't that person. Five years later, I'm who I am right now. I am that lion now, but I wasn't that lion five years ago. I'm a completely different person. I've transformed into a into a different I'm Cassius like yeah. a completely different person than I was way back then did you have a single musical song recorded that time I did okay my first song so here's the interesting thing you being Cassius at that time but now really saying you're Cassius now what 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 changed what do you feel like turned you into the line you feel like you are today that was missing then besides the haircuts and the clean beards everything well that that that's one part of it you know it wasn't really that anything changed it's it reality changed yeah. mindset was the same you know what i mean things in in, in the physical world didn't manifest until later on mm-hmm. you know when you you say something that you're going to do or want to do and it's not in reality. It's just in your head. You know, the second floor podcast was in my head months before we actually created it. For a long time. You wanted to start a podcast. Yeah. A very long time, right? Wasn't wasn't what we built. This is what I wanted. Yeah. This is what I wanted. But it was in my head. Yeah. It wasn't physically out there. And I could tell you all about it. I could say, Kenny, you know, I want to start a podcast. Kenny, I want to start a podcast. And this is how it's going to be like. And this is how it's going to be like. And we're going to get this. And we're going to get that. But you could look at me like I'm fucking crazy. You could look at me like I'm high. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, that's how I was five years ago with the woman that I liked. I had this picture in my head of who I was. Except I wasn't that person. Oh. So she saw, she saw how I was before I was the lion. Yeah. It was all in your head so clear as day, but she was seeing something completely different from what your imagination and what your perceived notion of who you're gonna become was set out to be. Correct. And so when you brought this story up, it really resonates with me because that time to grow in those five years, those two individuals had time to grow, had time to become the lion. And they gave one another the opportunity. They gave the opportunity because if they didn't, they wouldn't have married each other. They would have been off off with other people or their life would have taken a different route. Absolutely. And I think about that all the time. It's like crazy to think about timing in, in relationships. The time, timing is huge. The timing you meet somebody and where you are in your life it's huge. could make or break that relationship. That's a crazy thing too, right? I mean, you get like 28, 29-year-olds who meet each other they're willing to get married within a year. And a lot of times I hear something like that and it shakes me up a little bit because I'm just like, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Or is it just not a thing? Is it just an element of they have their shit figured out so much that their headspace is so clear that they're finally willing to go 110 in another relationship? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or maybe they don't. Maybe they're just like, they just need someone. They need someone by their side. And that, that person's it. They came across their life and they give them every ounce of feeling and reasoning that this person is someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. You know, like yeah. I find that that's a crazy thing about this whole scenario, man, is at the end of the day, on the topic we're on, excuse me, love is a very, very, very different definition for every single person that walks this earth. Yeah. You can look at any relationship and it's not one and the same as any other one. Yeah. 
And I'm talking about the relationship that both of them have agreed upon in terms of what the expectations are for that relationship. Yeah. I've been lately, I find, especially just through a lot of partnerships and stuff we've been in, I don't really like that word anymore, but I still use it only because guess what? At the end of the day, people still, whether it's verbally mentioned or it's subconsciously in their head, there's a level of expectation there. Absolutely. You know? Did you put some in mind? Absolutely, brother. Here's the other story I wanted to tell you. Um, you already did? I did, yeah. Oh, I okay, cool. I added a little extra. Oh, okay. Here's the other story. And this is this is kind of like the, you could call this the catch-22 of realizing that our parents, our grandparents, going back that far of a generation, also obviously had an element of, of what love felt like before uh, an arranged marriage happened. So I'll explain this to you, someone I know uh, very closely to me, and this is kind of like a big secret that they had. So I'll just I'll express to you what happened. They were madly in love with somebody. They used to secretly go out and sneak out of the house and meet this person. That person would sneak out of their house, you know, classic situation, and they'd meet. Yeah. They did this for however long. Up until, obviously, they realized they were in love with each other. So, you know, however long that took. And what ended up happening was this person who I know closely, their sister found out. So picture this in, like, the fucking... This is, like, the 70s, right? Like this mm. is not even. Not even. Yeah, this is, like, the 70s, 80s. Okay. In, in India. And what ends up happening is Omid... The sister finds out, and the sister says, if you marry this woman, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, shit. And said, there's a girl I have, and it's, it's, it's his older sister, right? So, like, she essentially is, like, his second mother. You know, culturally, it's, very, it's a very familiar thing in Indian families. So she says, if you don't marry the woman that I tell you you need to marry, who happens to be someone whose family I know and respect, and I happen to know her through my college, if you don't marry her tomorrow... Or, or that day, when you decide, I'll give you the day. If, if you say no, you'll see me hung right there. I'll hang myself and you'll have to take my body down. And fuck, whether she was kidding or not, bro, he took her word for it. Damn. The time and the day they kept, he kept meeting that person, he just, he never, he never ended up going. He didn't have the fucking balls. I fucking don't envy him at all for it to go and tell her. He listened to her. He got married to the other woman. Damn. Fuck, imagine. Imagine, bro. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's messed up. That's why I feel like there's there's the arranged marriage, but then there's always in, in families or in whoever you know, the story behind, well... <laughs> What was your life like before you got arranged? Yeah. Who were you fucking around with? What were you doing, right? And I was, when I heard that shit, man, I was like, I just saw a whole new, like, side of that person who's, who's really close to me. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it's, you can't, you can't predict those things. You can't. What can you do in that, in that scenario? You have two Two people that you love. One obviously is like a mother to you and whose blood. And the other is somebody you picture your life with. It's a very difficult scenario to be in. Joint family situations. I don't know how it looks in your family. I think you could relate because you said your grandparents lived with you. Yeah. But agree or disagree, bro. It's so fucking hard in this day and age to make that happen. It is, man. Even, even with our family dynamic... It's not there's there's issues you know there's there's issues with that the multiple generations dad sister living with the family dad sister fighting with the wife right like grandparents grandma not liking the wife yeah trying to, con exactly. trying to, trying to control the wife holding up a front you holding always gotta hold up a fucking front yep. you always gotta Oh, behind closed doors, you say something. Someone hears that you said something behind closed yep, doors. Yep. It's fucked, bro. Oh yeah. yeah There's yeah. no privacy. Yeah, it's no good. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. It's tough to live with uh, with multiple generations. 
I don't think it's worth it either. I think the headache, the headache, the stress, the, the years that come off your life for trying to put up a front, trying to add them to the drama. It's just not worth it, man. I just don't see it as much as, as much as there's the good side to it. You can argue, people can argue right now and they can listen to this part and say, you know, I don't agree with that. I think multiple generations is good to have in the family. It's good for the kids. Yeah, there are definitely positives for that. But if there's envy growing, if there's resentment growing with multiple generations, I've seen it firsthand. You've seen it firsthand. Uh, it's it's really you can get really uh, into a sticky situation. It's no good. Like have your own separate spots. You can live close to each other, fairly close, and you can visit. You yeah. know what I mean? I think that's the most he- more most healthy way. It just does- <coughs> oh, excuse me. Wow. It just doesn't make sense. I want to ask you first. I'd be willing to tell you my side. Yeah. What was like, what do you feel like growing up in a joint family made you more or less of? And I'm talking about, I'm, I'm digging deep into like your overall psyche. Yeah. Coming home, seeing grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, sibling, 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 as opposed to mom, dad, sibling, sibling, sibling. Just the overall dynamic of of another elderly presence, good or bad, what did that really, how did that mold you? It's a good question, man. Uh well, one thing I learned a lot about my culture that I wouldn't have learned if they weren't there. Nice. That's respect. Right? I agree. I would not be able to speak as much Punjabi as I'm capable that, of. That, yeah, the language. That. The language, the the culture. Um, I wouldn't have learned a level of respect to have for elders. You know how you give the autonomous respect no matter what the person's your elder if they yell at you it's okay they're your elder if they slap you it's okay they're your elder and i didn't understand that right i didn't understand okay this person could be wrong this person's 80 years old and they're wrong and they they're trying to lecture you or they slap you or they beat you and it's okay you respect them still you still kiss their hands you you pay your respects and you you walk away and i was born here it wasn't like i was born in afghanistan so it's different from my from my other cousins and the people that my extended relatives where they already automatically had that. That was part of the culture. You do that because you do that. There's no other way around it. I was born here, so I didn't understand that. They came halfway into my life. Halfway through, I was a young, young teen. And it was like, hey, pay respects to your grandmother. Do what she says, no matter what she says. Don't argue back. Don't give lip. I don't understand that. I learned that from that. But I also learned that there's a lot of... When 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 your elders immigrate from their homeland, they have certain things that are stapled into their minds and their psyche that they'll never, they can never part away from. The good and a lot of the bad. A lot of the, you know, when the Taliban were ruling Afghanistan, the beatings that they took... The things that were that happened in in this in the streets. My aunt, my aunt, was dragged into the street and was beaten sen- senseless. She lives with us. She has PTSD from that. She'll wake up in the middle of the night screaming, like she'll be screaming, and like we know what what's going on. She's imagining. She's she has that scene stapled in her brain. Damn. And it's be, it's made her. Holy shit. It's made her very introverted. She doesn't speak up much. She doesn't because she thinks that if she speaks up or she does something that she's going to get someone's going to beat the shit out of her. Damn. So things like that like and and the reason I bring this up is not not to downplay her by any means, but there's certain ways you figure out to a release your anger or how you love somebody. My aunts they don't they they never gave me they never showered me with love and present presents and hugs and kisses and like that that was never the way they loved me. There was a different it was a different way. It was not like a normal love. It's a different way of loving. It's just a respect. You know, it's almost like they give you feeding you is is a, is a way of respect. 
Yeah, wow. You know, giving you a drink is a way of respect. That's how it was. So learning that, it wasn't all hugs and kisses. You know, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Um, so it changed me. It changed the way I, I looked at, um, you know, listen first before you speak. Yeah. You know, before you talk, listen to the other person. In two ears, one mouth. I learned a lot of that. So what about you? Damn. I know I went on a tangent there, but no, wow, that's uh, that's eye-opening, man. I appreciate you sharing that. That's fucking, that's deep. For me, it was uh, I just naturally, and maybe you will get a lot of clarity and understanding through this, based off of who I am now. I always wanted and felt like every single family member in the household deserved attention and deserved to be heard right because i always i think as i got older i started to recognize that everyone in my household has very different perspectives they have very different ways of even living yeah however amazingly to even my own surprise we all were still able to this day coexist with one another in one environment, right? And for me, what it did was I never got the dinner table experience. I never did. I always even, man, once I fucking broke down in the middle of the woods, high out of my mind on shrooms <laughs> with my day one homies from high school and junior high. And I told them this. I cried. I cried in tears. And I said, guys, and my one friend really, really resonated with me on this. And I said, if any of you, and I feel like there's a handful of you in this room who have, got the dinner table experience every day, and it was like a ritual, and it was just like, every day, 6 p.m., you have to be here, and as much as it was a pain in the ass some days, and I'm sure it was for some of you, I prayed for that every day, but I never got it, because mm. our, our, our family was just so, I don't want to say broken, because it wasn't broken. It was actually very uniquely in a very odd way, systemized. But the system was not a norm you would respect and understand from what a normal family looks like. Mom was working 16 hours a day. Dad had different shifts. Dad, mom would eat at different times naturally. Me and my brother, we were naturally so busy in our day-to-day. -day. We were training since we were, I was nine years old. Since I was nine years old, I always, my evenings were spent doing physical activity or going and training martial arts. So through that, naturally, dinner time there didn't exist. Now, to relate that into how I looked at my family, I used to, like, I felt like I needed to. Like, I felt even up until my 20s to this day, like, even when Guggen was living in my house. I wanted to give every single person equal amount of attention, if and when I could. Come home, grandma's going to be sitting there before bed, I'm going to chill with her and chat. Grandpa might, is going to be glued by her side. He's perfect. He's there. We could chat. Awesome. Mom and dad are upstairs. I'm going to go talk to them. At the end of the night, I'm going to wrap it up with KB. Me and him are just going to chill. We're going to kick it. It's KB Kenny time. But I always felt like as much as I could, I'm going to give every single person my time. Mm. And naturally through that, even when I was away for a year, it always felt like to my family something was missing. Like there was like this huge, and obviously like I'm sure anyone will feel like that about their kid, but they were like, they always said, like, Kenny, like, you were the Ronak. Like, you were you were the person who would... Ronak, do you know what that word means? No. Ronak means, like, in Punjabi, you are the the outgoing, outspoken individual. Like, Ronak, like, you're exciting, you're fun. So it was, a, it was a level of entertainment in the sense that they'd get out of this transaction of, like, me spending time with them because I'm always keeping the conversation going. And just naturally, man, I felt like... Uh, I almost felt like I needed to. Because there was just so much joy I felt like was sucked out of the room in, in a lot of ways because everyone was too afraid to share their actual opinion. Mm. Everyone was, in, in, in a lot of ways in our family, was at times, and, and not to like disrespect my family or anything, but like everyone just felt like they were kind of cautiously aware of what they needed to say and when because they were too afraid of what another person's opinion would be, which is wrong. Yeah. Like, why feel that way in your own household? So I, naturally, as I got older, I'd just sit there and I'd be like, let me listen to you. Yeah. 
right? That's why, like, my dad to this day, man, in, in a lot of ways, he's like, Kenny, we have our one-on-one chats because I respect that. I love that. Yeah. He's like, just promise me one thing. I'm like, what? He's like, never leave me. That's what he says. Yeah. He says, and it fucking just, like, it builds so much, like, emotion to me because he's of like, course. he's like, don't, whatever you do, like, literally, he says this, take me with you. But I just feel like he get he gets that I I'm looking out for him. Right now, not financially, cause I'm not there yet. But like, fuck, I'm, I'm there to fucking like see how you're doing. You know, I'm gonna put in that effort. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, man. The dynamic you have with your father is so different from the dynamic I have with mine. My my father was always a mil like military guy. Came from the military in Afghanistan, so he was very strict. Um, and uh he was the guy you know he was the guy you don't mess with you don't you 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 speak when you're spoken to straight right like you yeah you just you don't you don't his word goes right as the years kind of went on as i grew up it was it started getting better you know i got older and i started finding my own voice but a lot of a lot of the restrictions, a lot of the things, a lot of the chats I had with my father was, "Hey, did you get X Y Z done?" And it was like, "Yeah, I got that it done." Oh, don't forget tomorrow you have you have X Y Z next week, Saturday of this. That was the conversations I had my, with my dad with my dad with the years, and I dreamed, dreamed for many many years to be like, man, I wish I could just take my dad out for food and just have a normal conversation, and like talk about something talk about something other than what's on my list um and it it hurt for for many many years because i was like man i I see other you know dynamics with father and son and uh i would love to have that instead of it being like did you get this done did you get that done but um that turned me into the wolf that i am today because i wouldn't be like that if it wasn't for my father being like that if my father wasn't always on my ass uh, about shit and like trying to prove him wrong, you know, he would he would say the, the the dirtiest stuff, bro. He was like a bully, you know what I mean? He was he really was. You really think about it, like, but like that was his love. Yeah, the soldier. That was his love. That was something that I had to learn to 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 understand. I couldn't understand it. He'd always compare me to my other cousins. He would always compare me to to the to the the kid that was always killing it and i would feel envious and i'd feel envious against my my own cousins and and people that were close to me i wanted to just rip any everyone apart and be like you know what like always compare to you yeah and so i never really had the like loving one-on-one relationship now it's different man it's weird he's a lot more loving he's a little older a little looser um still like hey did you get xyz done but it's like now i can sit with him and you know the, the you know i show him the house that i bought you know and be like hey you know what as much as i disliked you for a very long time this is because of you and i understand it i can understand it now you never had that like lo- like the love was i want you to do well and i don't care if it hurts your feelings Make sure you get to where you need to get to. Make sure you can build your own life. Make sure you can handle yourself. Um, and for years, I didn't understand it. Years, I was chasing a dream that was never going to work for basketball, and and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gotten my biology degree if it wasn't for him. So um, the ambition and stuff. And again, we talk about love. It's it's weird because everyone has a different way of expressing love. And if you don't understand it, if you don't, if you if you can't reciprocate it, um, you, you'll never you'll never get that from that person because everyone expresses it differently. And that's the same thing with relationships. When you're in a relationship with somebody else, you might not understand the love that they're expressing because it's not the same as your love. So you think you th- you think, oh well, they're not loving me. They're not giving me the love, but it, they might be giving you love. You just can't see it. or It's a different way. It's a love language, bro. It's a love language, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Me and Guggen have very different love languages. Yeah. But it's a, you make it work, right? 
That's pretty. That's pretty cool, man. Wow, that's awesome. You shared that. It, it I know. Just... I, I get deep sometimes with. These <laughs> yeah. No, it's good, man. I mean, you. I want you to. I find at the end of the day, it always makes me wonder how you view treating your future kids. Do you feel like you're going to be more your father than than ever before? Are you going to try and flip the script and and do whatever you can? To not raise your kids the way your dad raised yours, or is there some middle ground you're gonna have? Yeah, I think I think maybe a middle middle ground just because of my personality, but I do want to emulate a little bit of my father. Yeah, because as much as I, as a kid, you dislike it, I realized that it was not due to. There was nothing in his intentions to hurt me in any way, nothing. It was all to grow. The growth was pain. Yeah. You know that <laughs> was painful. Crazy. The, the, my feelings were hurt. Yes, that's painful, right? Holding things back from your child. I'm sure that was as painful to him as it was to me. I'm not going to give you this because you need to earn it. That's painful. Even though he might have had the means to do it, it's painful, right? And I see, and, and this is something that maybe my siblings years, years down the road might watch this. My little bro and my little sister, they get everything. My parents are older. You know, they're they don't have the the iron on them. They get them. raised a little bit differently. They get raised a little differently. Yeah. They get what they what they ask for, they get. Yeah. And I see it. And it wasn't how I was raised. Does that bother you sometimes? It, I mean, it's a different time, so I'm not like bothered. I, I'm I'm only I'm only concerned as to what they might become. Because if they think that they ask the world something and the world will just give it to them. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And they're yeah. going to learn it. They're not going to learn it in the household. That's up to you, though. Then yeah. it comes unfortunately, or, or fortunately, however way you look at it, it comes down to what you learn from your parents that your parents are no longer willing or, or let's say, have the energy yeah. to, to raise them in. It's the odd. I think, it's, I think every elder sibling yeah. really resonates with this. Yes. Where it's like they see their little fucking jabroni or, or jabrona. <laughs> jabrona, yeah. Like 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 doing something that you know if you did, you would get the you get ends the whip. of the hell of the earth. Yeah. And it's up to you to be like, okay, hey, I gotta step up. But um I always find that dynamic really interesting because I kind of felt rebellious at one point where as much as my parents were like, Oh, your brother is your parent too. I used to really read, like I used to listen to that, but then I was like, "No, he's my brother. <laughs> like, yeah, he's my brother. You should not hold any more responsibility on his head, and I should not feel like I'm scared as well of my brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I also feel like, to a degree, it was very healthy to have this level of respect and level of uh, let's just say trust. Yeah, that was mutually there." For my brother. Because I felt like he picked up so many of the things that my parents taught him. But also said it in certain ways. That was done and, and resonated with me to actually implement it. That makes sense. But uh, parenting, going back to that. At the end of the day, man. It will fucking... No matter how many times people want to admit it or not. Ground so many of your decisions whether you consciously or subconsciously decide to make it happen. Like you are such a reflection of your parents in so many ways, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. But then it's up to you when you notice it to make that change. Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. There's been times, bro, for the good, I notice those things I get from my parents and from the bad. And the moment I started noticing the bad, I'm like, no, I can't, I can't let that happen. Totally, bro. I had a buddy of mine. He told me, man, it was crazy. He said growing up, and some people have the bad end of the stick, man, and I fucking acknowledge. I shout out to every person, bro, that has turned around their life based off of their parents being, sadly and unfortunately, the devils in their life. Yeah. Where, like, they got put on this earth only to experience hell as their foundation. But then, even as a kid, they recognize, I'm going to do whatever I can to not be them. I'm going to do whatever I can to not, you know, like people who've, Fallen into parents who are drug addicts, parents who just fucking not even give a damn about them. 
It's those people, bro, where shockingly I see and I respect so much where they turn it all around. And yep. they go, I'm going to live my life and do whatever I can and not be my parents. Yeah. Like, shout out to those people, bro. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there are some stories like that in terms of, like, you know, you don't become like your parents. But um, I've heard some stories where as people get older, they understand where their parents came from and how they became what they were. And so the burden of, they forgive them at the end of the day. Yeah. If they can turn their life around and forgive their parents of, you know what, they became what they were and there were certain circumstances that just turned them into what they are. Yeah. And they're able to forgive them. There's a lot of stories like that. Um, yeah. So. Straight up, man. Parenthood. Parenthood and love. That's the jungle episode. Uh, so first of all, I'd like to say that this is another jungle episode brought to you by Cassius and Kenny. Uh, we're your hosts, and we uh, like to get deep into the wild. We like to experience all sorts of wildlife. We like to dig deep, you know what I mean? Go down into the trenches. I mean, however many times you need to take that shovel and you dig and you dig and you dig to get down to the root of the tree and see what you really need to water to see that tree grow, that's where we do it. And there's only one place we do it in, and that's the motherfucking jungle, baby. Wow. Mic drop. <laughs> I, lo- I love it. Every time I'm going to change it up. Every fucking it. time. I love it. You know, so you know what? If you like us, if you if you fuck with us, if you if you really like this new series we do where Omen and I are just real, we're just brothers. We're just two peas in a pod just trying to get after it and have real conversation. Then you listen to The Jungle on the Second Floor Podcast. And if uh, you want to review us on iTunes on any of the social media platforms we're on please we would appreciate that and we would not be here for one for you guys so love that's love love parenthood thank you Thanks. next part we're not done yet i told you about the then i'm gonna get a fucking fat beat and we're gonna fucking shake baby <laughs> come on we ain't done yet oh, son wow. okay we ain't done yet son oh damn you know, for those of you who don't know, my boy Cassius is uh, he's a global, global... Um, a global phenom. Global phenom <laughs> in the rap scene, you know. If you want to see what he's up to on the rap scene, check out Cassius. He's got mad fucking bars. Mad skills, bro. Okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to put on a fat intro, and we're just going to go back and forth. Ooh. Do you want to go freestyle, or you want to go topic-based? Damn. Damn. <laughs> You pick. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Remember, this audio is not going to... Hmm? They're not going to hear the beat. What do you mean? Well, they're not going to hear it because the mics... What if I bring it up close? It's not going to work. Oh. But you'll have to pick... We'll add the same fat beat. Well, yeah, That's you'd we'll ha- have to do. That'd be tough, but yeah. We can try. Okay, let's try it. Ready? Here we go. Do you have any specific fat beat you'd like, sir? KB's on his way down, too. No idea. Mm. You pick. I'm going to go fat beat. Fat cat. Bro, actually, can I can I go first? Go and ahead. And share with you this one rap lyric. I tried to think of all the things that rhyme with Cassius the other day while I was working <laughs> out. And um, I got I got some shit. I got some shit. Okay. Old Let's school boombap. <laughs> I know this beat. I have no idea what this beat is. But I'm going to roll it anyway. Run it. Okay, okay. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Turn that beat up a little bit. Okay. Actually, run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Run it, run it back. back. Run, it back. Run, it run it back to the beginning. Boom! Only, only, real, only real fans, only real Cassius fans will know, this, will know these verses. Boom bap. That boom bap. Okay? You sure you don't know this beat, bro? I don't know this beat. Really? Oh, okay. Damn, okay. Ready? Uh, yeah. Uh, the mile record, my flow trifecta. Step into this mic, I'm the alpha omega. This era has never seen a boy so clever. White girl Sarah, she want my little pecker. I spread her, then sex her, then back to my sector. Getting all this cheddar, getting all this bread up. Dominating kings, I'm the brown Chris Webber. No pressure, calling shots like McGregor. Propeller, I'm going high with no Stella. I tell her, I'm a nice little fella. Then she creep my Instagram, she going on Inspector. 
I ditch and leave a letter blocking bees like a Pella On to the next, yeah, on to the next one Then I hit the booth, father here's my confession Direct one, I strive for perfection Every day a test run, best one Let me get that best one Dropping all the shit, watch the flies go get it Underrated, watching all my haters go and rate it I'll make it, just wait, it's coming like a priest at the right time Staying on the right mind, patience This ain't overnight, sitting at the campsite Reciting all my lines, waiting for the daylight Design what's inside, then you'll reach paradise The realest, yes they see it, I'm transparent, ice I'm going on 25 and I haven't reached my peak All I seek is the life that I see in my dreams From science to business to my rap shit I'm a, oh man, I'm losing it Ooh, that was tight! <laughs> Man, we can Shit, I lost it. I lost that it. That was sick. <laughs> I ran right. <laughs>